I have with me the one and only Robert Stanley. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So how are things in uh, your side of the world there? Yeah, Southeast Asia, Hong Kong. It's, you know, it's fine. The winters are very mild here, so it's good. Very good. Very good. Well, I guess we'll start with uh, a little bit maybe about your background um, and your experiences and what got you started down your current path. Um, well, <laughs> I think everybody knows by now what happened to me in Malibu. Uh, that's, that was the big kickoff. That was September 21st, 1985, working security at the beach, saved a boy's life, went up to a mountaintop, meditating, had out-of-body experience. Things just went crazy from there. Um, you know, and then I started having uh, close encounters with UFOs and trying to understand why they were not only around, but they seemed to be interested. Well, I mean, actually, they, it was very obvious that they were interested in me as well uh, as other people. So, um, let's see, 1985, I would have been 25 years old. And I didn't know a lot about the subject matter, but um, uh, over the decades, I learned quite a bit, and I started sharing it with people. And that's how I really started to learn more was, actually reporting it through um, Unicus Magazine. Uh, we used to be in print, and eventually uh, we stopped doing that. And um, I started the website around the year 2000 or so. And uh, we're still, you know, it's still going strong. It's kind of amazing, actually, that we've lasted this long. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So based on your experiences, um, you would say we're in a sort of simulation. Is that correct? Um, yeah, I only came to that. I wouldn't call it a conclusion. I already knew that, that I've, other people have said this for years, but I resisted it because it seemed kind of silly to me until last year. I read a, a series of free books called The Divine Secret Garden by John Pinella. And you can link to that on my library section in my, in my, um, on the website at unicusmagazine.com. In any case, uh, he was the, it was very compelling what he said about how this was created and more importantly, why we're in this simulation. He compared it to a flight simulator in that um, although, you know, all the experiences we have here feel real. I mean, they're virtually real, just like when you're playing a video game, you know, you, you have an avatar and, and, you know, there's all kinds of challenges, right? That's part of the game. You, you go up by levels as your skills increase. Um, so he, what he was saying, this, Mr. Pinella, about our simulation, this matrix that we're in, it's not exactly a computer. It's a copy or a reflection of something that's real. And that young souls come here to experience things that don't exist outside of the simulation. In other words, the challenges that we encounter um, make us stronger help us grow sort of like going to school you know but you have to start at a lower level before you can move higher and higher and higher so that's the purpose of this simulation it isn't purely evil or an accident um, and so my my thinking on this has evolved over the decades that I've been researching it okay and can you tell us about um, some of those higher levels um, that we <laughs> ascending to. Yeah, it, you know, and this is the weird part about it. I mean, we really come from that. Our souls, our spirits actually come from this much higher vibrational level of existence. And we descend in here. We choose to come down to this lower level. I mean, that's not the best term for it, okay? But it is a much lower frequency uh, and uh, things are more dense and more challenging. Again, that's why we come here. Um, so, yeah, over time, if we've been here for a very long or multiple lifetimes, we tend to forget about the higher realms that we came from. So, and honestly, it's, it's not that hard to reconnect with them. Um, that's what I'm studying right now. It's actually, I'm going backwards because of, originally my father was a, um, a minister for, um, a uh, church that was based in Eastern religion, the teachings of yoga. 
and those ancient spiritual sciences from India. So these are practices that are really not about dogma or ritual. They're about uh, uh, focusing one spiritual essence or consciousness in a way that reconnects you to that higher higher level of existence. I mean, that's really what yoga means. It means a, a union, a uniting or a reuniting of the of one's soul with with the creation or creator. Okay. Well, so said being that it is some sort of simulation, who would you say are the controllers? Um is there some kind of multidimensional entities um, who's yeah. actually in control of this? Well, the thing is, it's it's somewhat autonomous. I mean, I believe it was Enki or Lucifer that set this up. And originally, his intent was that uh, it would glorify him, that people, the souls that came here would be worshiping him and become part of his empire. But... Uh, <laughs> The unintended consequences was that he had actually developed a school for souls, and um, this was this is now what this is what Mr. Pinella alleges, and I do think it's accurate, is that um, uh, this is being permitted by the higher beings that actually created everything. In other words, God or the gods. I mean, Lucifer, Enki, whatever you want to call him, he was or is a god. But he's sort of fallen into a, I don't know, for whatever reason, okay? He, he's got this issue where he wants people to worship him and love him, and that's, that's his problem. But it, it, the unintended consequences was when he created this matrix simulation, uh, it, it, was, it was approved. And it actually serves a purpose that is totally beyond anything that he originally intended. Does that make sense? Yes, I understand what you're saying. Okay, and, good. Yeah, and Enki, is he, <laughs> based on what you know, uh, close to what the Sumerian tablets portray? No. No. Okay. Unfortunately, here's the deal. Sumeria um, has had more than one culture or group in it. In that little region we call Sumeria, Mesopotamia, there's been multiple groups. So the original people, whoever they were, got pushed out. Same is true for India or just about anywhere if you look at it uh, on this planet. At, over time, uh, the original people get pushed out. Same is true for Japan. I, I'm just giving you examples, right? I mean, there's a list of them. It's pretty much everywhere as far as I can tell. So those people, whatever records they had, were typically destroyed or hidden. So whatever these these cuneiform tablets are that we're reading now from Sumeria, I don't think it was from the original Sumerians at all. And um, uh, the researcher Wes Penray claims that those uh, tablets that Sitchin, Zechariah Sitchin was allegedly translating um, were uh, propaganda by Enki's people to make him look like a victim. In other words, look, if he's Lucifer, he wants to he wants to make himself look like the victim, which he does it, through Sitchin's writings, actually. He makes him look like he is our savior. He is our father. You know, he supposedly genetically created us, and so we should all worship him, I suppose, or at least respect him. Um, I just don't... I don't think he deserves that, honestly. I don't think that's what this is all about. Um, we don't come here for that. Um, you know, one of the things that I said that really got people's attention was that, you know, we can leave whenever it's, it's up to us when we, we have to leave. But the point is we have, uh, we can't just kill ourselves and leave. It's not like that. Uh, that won't work. If you commit suicide, you'll just end up right back here for sure in a different body with a different family. But um, if you prepare yourself to leave when your time comes, when it's your time, right? Because we all have contracts. We agree. Sort of like, look, if you come into a video game group, you agree to play. You're playing for a period of time. You're a character playing that game across the timeline. 
And, and if you just leave suddenly that you're, bre you're breaking the contract and there's consequences for that. But we can leave. And, and the, the only reason I mentioned that to people is because some souls have been here for so long, they've, they've forgotten why, how they even got here. And so uh, they needed to be reminded, you know, of who they are, how they got here, and more importantly, how to get out. But here's the caveat to all of that, is that we come here for a reason, which I told you earlier. We actually come here so that we can over... Um, learn from these obstacles. We need to overcome the obstacle. Like any other challenge in life, you know, like when, like I said, when you go to school, you have to pass tests in order to go to the next level and, and so on. Well, this is true for the simulation as well. We can't really move up. We can't move higher until we've mastered one particular level or a series of challenges. Are you hearing music or something in the background? No. Okay, that must be on my end. I think I have everything closed down. Whatever. I just I'm hearing some some maybe it's something else. Oh no, I'm not hearing anything on my end. We're good. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's my voice kind of bouncing around. Okay. In any case, in any case, um, so when uh, when a soul has been here a while and they're suffering, they, th they, they start to, some of us, start to feel like victims because we've forgotten that we actually chose to come here. And that's a very, very difficult position to be in because, um, th you know, then if you just want to leave, what was the point of coming at all? You know, in other words, you're going to uh, miss out on an opportunity to actually grow and learn from your experiences. Even though they're virtual, you're still learning. It's like, again, if it's a flight simulator, you cannot get a pilot's license until you have mastered the flight simulator, right? So there's, there's a reason we come here to learn various levels or degrees of mastery over certain things. And we will take that skill with us when we leave the matrix. But if we just say, screw it, this is too hard, I want out, then, then we clearly will have not earned a degree of mastery or that we will not develop that skill. And I, I just want people to be very clear about that. I understand why anybody would want to leave here, but, um, and eventually you will, no matter what. The question is, you have to ask yourself, why did you come here to learn something and then just go, oh, forget it, this is too hard. Right. Yeah. So people spend many lifetimes sometimes trying to learn to ascend to the next level. Yeah. Look, the thing about ascension is you can, <laughs> we all have the ability to go within. This is, again, some these spiritual sciences of India is something that I'm, I'm studying again or remembering. And it's actually fairly simple. I mean, meditation is something that's, I think, largely misunderstood in the West. Even, sometimes even in the East. They'd be, in other words, there's a lot of religious dogma around it, but the difference is going within. It sounds weird, okay, but by going in to withdrawing to your spirit in is how, how you go really reconnect with all the stuff that is beyond the matrix. That's the doorway is going in. And what I did that night after uh, saving that boy's life in September 21st, 1985 on the beach, I went up to the mountain and I started to meditate in a way where I was saying, oh, and I was doing that for a period of time until my body, my spirit started to tune in, resonate with the, um, the it's called the stream of light. That's how the Indian sages or, or masters talk about this. And honestly, um, what they say is that this is the actual true baptism. The stuff that we are told about in, in Christianity is, is uh, it's not an accurate retelling of something that's much older. So in order, in order to be truly baptized, you have to have an out-of-body experience where your soul you, kind of goes in before it goes out and up into this stream of light. Now, in that stream, 
there is a sound associated with that stream. Actually, there's a sound associated with everything if you think about it, because it's all about wave patterning. Everywhere, everything is wave patterns. Some waves have higher degrees of information than others, but when we go in, when we withdraw in through meditation, and our spirit is, goes out of this matrix, it starts to withdraw from it and go up and out, we enter this realm, and it has a sound, and that sound is om. Now, when I say om, it's, it's very, very thin and weak, but when you hear it, when you hear the cosmic om, that stream of light is incredibly powerful, and it'll carry you. It'll carry your spirit into um, another level of understanding. Uh, it's it, because it's that's what connects all of creation. Um, it, it's it's sort of like a web of light is the way it was shown to me. All these, it's not just one stream. You have to look. All streams are connected. Really, all water on this planet is connected to itself through streams and oceans, etc. The same is true outside of the matrix. These, once you jump, once your body enters the stream a, anywhere, you're connected to the everywhere. Sort of like a spider's web, you know, if you, you know, if it, if you touch one part, the whole thing vibrates. It's the same thing when you, re, when you connect to that. So that's, that is the original meaning of baptism or being born again is when your spirit enters back into that, um, uh, that web of light, the stream of light, whatever you want to call it, through that. The, when I say, when I, okay, so t saying Om is like when you tune a dial on a radio, you're looking for a certain station, right? And it has a number associated with it, a certain frequency. It's the same thing. This is why um, um, it's not widely uh, talked about. I mean, most people don't, they, they kind of know about it, but even I didn't really fully understand it until just a few weeks ago, which may sound weird. Why should it take over three decades for me to, to have this level of understanding? But again, this is part of what's so challenging about being here in this matrix is that there's all these levels, like a maze, you know? It's like, okay, the information is just right over here, but there's this wall. Okay, so how are you going to get around the wall? You know, you could break it down maybe, or you could go way the hell around it and find this little piece of information. These, all these clues are just sitting there. But the, it, they're, they're not, but our society, the way it's set up is actually to keep us distracted and uh, more, more under control. That's the challenge. You know, that's part of the challenges that's in there. I mean, if you're in a flight simulator, it's not, it's not you're not going to crash. You're just going to, it's going to make you feel like you're crashing. But it has like virtual gravity built in there and turbulence and, you know, whatever. Whatever challenges that you might encounter as a real pilot, it has to be in the simulator. The same is true for the matrix. There's all these different challenges that, that we have to overcome. Um, uh, recently, I was thinking about my, one, my maternal grandmother broke her back when she was six years old. Actually, just a tree fell on her. She didn't do it. It was an accident. A tree fell on her back. And broke it and um, the doctors told my, her parents that she was going to die and but she she refused to believe that so they took her home and um, she didn't die and then so the doctors told the parents she'll never walk she's going to be a vegetable like this you know in the bed bedridden for the rest of her life she refused to believe that as well and eventually she did get up and walk um, and uh, she had to have quite a few surgeries at a time when that was really experimental. Um, the, the bottom line is this. She, although she didn't walk on water like Jesus, her love and belief in Jesus, actually, she claimed that was, she was so, she believed so much that she was going to walk. That's what, I'm sure that's what, what allowed her to ultimately get out of bed and learn how to walk again. So that I'm just telling you, there's all kinds of miracles that you see every day happening that, that is a demonstrating, again, what I was saying, why are we here? Is to overcome these challenges. And you know, if you look at it one angle, you say, well, why would a loving God allow a, a six-year-old child to get crushed under a tree? 
Right? Uh, yeah. Haven't you ever asked yourself, this comes up a lot, you know. Of course. Why is God such a you know why? You know why doesn't He save us from all this? Well, well, because this is why we come here. It's the same reason why when you go to school, somebody else doesn't take your tests for you or give you all the answers. You're 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 not just cheating. You're cheating yourself out of the opportunity to to overcome and learn from and and earn a degree of mastery. Right. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying it isn't painful. Obviously, it's it's is really painful. But growth is painful. It just is, you know. But that's how we get stronger and smarter. And ultimately, like I said, we take those gifts or those skills that we develop, we take them with us when we leave here, and we apply them somewhere else outside the matrix. Check out our friends at Linquicity Gifts. Linquicity Gifts is a metaphysical store offering natural gemstone bead bracelets, signature and zodiac, designed and made in the United States, as well as raw and polished stones, crystal balls, pendulums, tarot cards, natural crystal points, wands, and so much more. Their beautiful signature design bracelets can aid with creativity, balance, focus, and well-being. Visit their website using the link in the description or visit linguistitygifts.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your first order over $20. Yeah, that's fascinating. We definitely uh, do have to face those challenges that come up against us. Um, that's very fascinating. Um, I want to get into, um, as far as you told, we talked about Inki being in control. Is there any um, <laughs> earthly entity in control um, of anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this came up recently. Some uh, a researcher in North Carolina, I think her name is Mary Joyce. I don't know if you've ever seen her website or whatever. I just, a friend of mine, another talk show host had her on and I was listening to their conversation. It's fascinating. She claims that uh, one of her uh, sources, a, uh, a whistleblower, I guess you call it, who works in the deep state, told her that um, uh, there is this cabal that runs the entire planet. And that it's really only about 70 men that uh, run everything on this world. However, they're not in charge and they know it. They're just errand boys for the entities that really did set this all up. So it's under the pretense that, you know, that they're all powerful, elite, Illuminati, whatever you want to call them. But in fact, they're, they are actually scared. They know that they're not in charge. They're in charge of us. They're in charge of the affairs of the earth more or less in the, in the pyramid structure, but they're not the top of the pyramid. So, And do you think that any of them would have any direct contact with Enki? Um, I don't know. It's possible. I mean, but look, he's not, I, uh, first of all, I think that this simulation is run by what we would call an artificial intelligence, a better term for that is actually synthetic life because artificial intelligence is sort of misleading I, I i want people to think about this we're in a simulation anyway so when you create life it's a part of the simulation and it's simulated anyway but the artificial intelligence is really synthetic life in that it it mimics everything about organic or natural systems in other words it has to grow and learn learn from the feedback and the experiences it had just like we do. And it may have different abilities or whatever, but it's in some ways it's actually limited. Even though it can think faster, it doesn't have a spiritual connection outside the matrix. It's very much focused only on the matrix. But it is part of the matrix. The whole thing is based on a synthetic life or an artificial intelligence program or programs that are uh, interactive with one another. So, and but the thing is, Enki doesn't. Well, the reason he set it up like this, he doesn't have to oversee or administrate everything. Yes, he has people, entities working for him, but in large measure, the the whole thing is set up on autopilot. It 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 runs itself. 
a lot of the parameters, just like a video game. Look, I mean, it's just algorithms, right? There's not somebody, I mean, you can play against other players, right? But the video game, the video game or a simulator, a flight simulator, is not somebody else on the other side. You know, it's already written. The program is there. Wow. Very interesting. Um, so, speaking of AI, uh, where do you think that it, they're going with AI right now? What do you think is the uh, end game with this? Uh, it's been around a long time. It's not new. As I said, it's part of the simulation. Um, I, I've got examples of people encountering things that are way more advanced than what we're being told. So I'm sure it already really what they call strong AI or highly intelligent, autonomous, synthetic life already exists. In fact, it's probably so good that we can't tell the difference between it and other human beings. Um, and they communicate with each other now. We know that for a fact. I mean, this is something they're admitting. Google is admit admitting the AI they have created is actually these various entities that are artificial are, are communicating through their own language, through the net. Or maybe it's some... I think there's multiple internets, by the way. Um, I, that's, that's pretty much admitted now. Um, so... Did I answer your question? I can't remember now. What did you ask me? Um, where do you think AI is going? Uh, oh, where, where is it going? Where is it going? Yeah. Yeah. Something. Okay. So this is one of the big challenges that we're facing here. Is right in. I mean, right around the corner. Some people really think that this is the greatest thing ever. That it's going to give them some sort of longevity, uh, or immortality. And that isn't the case. But. They're going to believe it. They're going to try and, and <laughs> achieve that by um, downloading themselves into a... Boy, I'm sorry, I'm looking at this thing. It's telling me my internet connection's unstable. I've been really working on this, but it doesn't seem to be... Well, anyway, am I, is my voice coming through okay? Yeah, you're coming end? through fine. Okay, all right. So anyway, the AI agenda is really to um, bait some of us into agreeing to become part of this synthetic life, thinking that it's going to give us some benefit, stronger, smarter, live longer, whatever, but it's actually a trap. And so on the flip side of that, there's those of us that will rebel against it and go the absolute opposite direction. And that's, what I'm, that's why I'm studying these ancient teachings about spiritual science. Because honestly, we don't need all this technology to do incredible things. We already have the ability to be telepathic at incredible distances. We can actually teleport ourselves, these, phys these physical bodies, if we need to, so-called physical, or these avatars can be teleported using just our spirit to do this. We can also manifest what we think of as physical materials, whatever they may be. Uh, we can do that with our mind or spirit. And that's, this is something that's been proven by the, the ancient masters of India. This is something that they would, um, they would like us to start to do, but you can't force somebody to do it. Again, it's like, you know, when, once you've graduated high school, you have to make a decision. You're free to go to university or higher levels of learning or not. You don't, you know, you only really have to. It's mandatory to go from kindergarten to 12th grade. Mandatory. You understand? They, right. they will, yeah. they come in like, what do they call it? Truant officer or something like that? They come and they, I don't know how they penalize you or your parents, but you have to go to school. That's the law. You have to go to school. And um, up until a minute, but then you can choose. So this is the same thing with us. Our spirits are here. There's a minimum amount of challenges or school that we have to learn. And then we can choose if we want to go to these higher levels or not. So this is actually an opportunity for some of us to choose to go to these higher levels of, uh, of learning or being or mastership in the matrix. And do you think um, they're pushing transhumanism 
as a <laughs> way to uh, you know kind of lower our, our vibrational frequencies. Yeah, we're being challenged on every level to to remain on this very low level vibration that is largely disconnected from the cosmos, meaning the other levels above us. You know, I mean, this is connected, by the way. This all is is like you know, I told somebody yesterday. This matrix is like a shadow of the real thing. It's it's a reflection of the real thing. It's not the real thing. Okay, that's what a simulation is. But it's real enough that when we interact with it, you know, we feel like uh, uh, that. I mean, like if I prick my finger, I'm going to bleed. So I and it's. I'm focused on that. It's, it, it has all the rules built in there to simulate re real life. And eventually, though, people are going to start to, because of all these challenges, despite the, all the stuff that we've just discussed, okay, we, some of us are actually going to, this is a, what they call unintended consequences. We, we will be motivated to raise ourselves up and, and master or overcome the obstacles. So it doesn't, I know what you're asking me. Who's, who's doing this? Why are they keep dumping more toxic crap on us and, you know, trying to control us and trick us and all that stuff? Well, that's their job, apparently. Um, and if you focus, see, the thing is, if, if we focus only on the so-called negative dark stuff, then it, it actually keeps us at that level. Right. So part of the, part of the trick is, it's, it's, it's not to pretend like it doesn't exist. Of course it exists. But the, it, once we shift our focus to this higher plane, all the, like I said, the, through meditation, uh, whatever, re, like I just recently went back to being a vegetarian because I realized that um, certain foods have a very low dissonant frequency. I, it just, there's a lot of things that are just clicking right now for whatever reason. It, it, it's starting to make very, very, um, it's very clear in my mind. It makes a lot of sense. And I'm just, I'm just sharing it with you. I'm not telling you you need to do this. I'm just saying that there's a lot of things, ways that we can raise our vibration up in spite of, of this, all this extra, you know, dark, negative, low vibration stuff they're throwing at us. Right. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, healthy diet and, um, you know, spiritual um, meditation and things of that nature. Yep. Yeah. And, and I said also, the th okay, here's a weird one for me anyway, because I do a lot, a lot of communication every day through email and shows like this. But using um, concentrate, focus on <laughs> to not, almost said the word, using positive language, words such as not or can't or won't. Try this. When you're, when you're writing or speaking, use different language. Every time oh, a negative word starts to come out of your mouth or, it, or you write it, the challenge is to switch it around and don't, oh, I just did it, see? It's so natural to use words like that. Find another way. Find another way to express your thoughts without using negatives in it. Wow. Sounds yeah. simple. It sounds simple, but let me tell you, it's very frustrating, and I, I catch myself doing it a lot. I didn't realize it was almost like a reflex. Yeah, I, I catch myself with uh, plenty of negative thoughts during the day. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So um, getting back to something uh, that we were talking about before, uh, some of the uh, agendas besides AI. Um, talk about um, – I know it's all about lowering our frequencies. Um, what they're doing with Hollywood um, and mm. maybe – mass shootings i mean everything i know it's all connected um so hang yeah. on yeah. time out <laughs> you may yeah all right thank you for bringing this up the the oscars was just the other day the picture of the year is the shape of water about a, an amphibious reptilian that they captured in south america and brought into baltimore maryland where i have family oddly enough and they're keeping it 
captive in a, in a government laboratory so they can study it for the space program. But they never explain exactly why mm. they would want to use a reptilian that they apparently like. I, I don't know why this is a thing in Hollywood movies. They always want to c- cut the aliens open and study them that way instead of actually talking to them. Yeah. It's weird. It's really stupid. It's really stupid, but okay. So they set this thing up. And the reason I'm even mentioning is because um, if that wasn't Enki, that was one of his family. Because from everything I've read about him, he is a, his original form or avatar here in the Matrix is, is that. So he's often confused for being a reptile or reptilian, but he's actually an amphibious humanoid. Um, in, in the ancient text, this is, uh, we know this as uh, Oannes. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, he's coming out of the Persian Gulf, and he's, he, and he's like, the way they depicted him, he's got a, <laughs> he's got a fish. Oh, on the top of his head, there's a fish head, and then you see a human face, and then the body is like human and fish combined together. It's a very bad depiction of what they're trying to say there. It's, it's uh, a humanoid amphibian. Yeah. And, yeah. Right? So, and this is where the Pope gets his hat. It actually looks like a fish head yes. on top. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Enki. That is Enki. Wow. A representation of Enki or his bloodline. So um, you also see it in the legends of the Merovingian or Merovingian, however you say it, of France, that there, if you look it up, it's pretty weird. It's a very weird story about how a woman mates with this sea beast, and then this bloodline is born. And that's exactly how the movie uh, The Shape of Water ends, where this woman is rescued by, she rescues this Enki character, and then he, in return, he saves her, takes her away from humanity, and they have this love affair. And he, ta- I don't know, he just, they'll probably do a sequel, I guess. But it, yeah. Uh, see, but yeah, but I guarantee you, ninety-nine percent of the people that watch it have no idea what it's about, really. Oh yeah. They have no idea about the symbolism that's being programmed into the into them by this movie. I mean, I knew as soon as it came out that it was going to get an award because. They want to promote that. I mean, because he's really behind it all anyway. They even have a very large, uh, at the Kodak Theater where they hold these events for these awards in Hollywood, uh, just outside the theater in this plaza, they have um, sort of a courtyard with um, all kinds of weird gods and stuff, weird statues and and boss relief. And on there, one of them is Enki. He's holding a bowl of water. He's got wings and the weird, I mean, it's his Sumerian, you know, Anunnaki version of him, but uh, he's there nonetheless. Oh, wow. So, uh, it's my understanding that they need this, this type of symbolism and um, as sort of ritualistic. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's like this. There's, everything is patterns. So, when they go through these rituals, actually... Um, one of the ways that the, the elite keep in touch with them, sort of like, uh, like we all have an ID of some sort, like you have an email address or a phone number or a social security. Those things translate to uh, symbols, icons, um, royal seals, also known as sigils. And these are vibratory patterns that they, once you like, once you focus on it or activate it, it's, it's like sending them a message directly, and they, they will respond. So this is how, this is the way they keep in touch with them. It's sort of the way, the way gangs tag their neighborhoods and stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's a way of identifying their property, but also a way of keeping in touch with their, uh, their people. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you feel is going on with uh, some of these mass shootings? Um, is this is this orchestrated? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, do you, what what do you think is is partially the purpose of this? Um, it's to maintain control over us, obviously. Uh, but 
you know, part of it too is what I found out when that day when I was saving that boy's life is that these, it's not just entities like Anki. It's that part of the problem is that they created these parasites in the matrix, these mental parasites that do feed off of negative energy. I don't know what they do with it after that. It's just kind of weird, but um, I, I know they exist. Other people have described them throughout time. And, um, okay, so they need to feed off of our negative energy, and this is a good way of doing it. It's not just killing those ind individuals, usually innocent children. Um, blood sacrifice is something that goes way back to Babylon and, and further. Further than that, ever since this, this matrix was set up, they, it's a way of, okay, so when you have a, a pond and you throw a pebble out in there and it ripples out, right? Well, in the matrix, it's not just food. What they're doing is they're, they're, in, they're making sure that the vibrations are, are dissonant. It's not just that they're lower. The patterning is, is such as like this. We were talking about energy waves before, right? There's only two kinds. They're, they're either resonant or, and harmonious, or they're dissonant. And uh, what they call, uh, what's the opposite? Discord. Discord. So it's in one's negative, the other one's positive. Um, and, and so they have to maintain that very dissonant, dark pattern of energy waves here in order for this thing to continue to function the way it does. Ah, uh, Okay. Yeah, because otherwise it makes no sense at all. I mean, uh, it's it isn't like the movie where you they they just need us to to supply them energy. It's not like that. There's plenty of energy. That's not the point. It's a certain frequency of energy that they need to continue to generate in order for this thing to to even exist. All right. So with all that's happening. Um I mean, do you feel that everything's going to continue to ramp up, and do you, do you feel like there's some sort of a reset in store for us? That's possible. I don't know what a reset would look like, though. I mean, we could speculate about it. Um, the bottom line is this. We all have a choice to make based on the most recent information I've been getting is that uh, th this could go two ways. I, I mean, for Earth. We can either choose to have a, a create a better future, or we can go with uh, something really dark, very very draconian, and um, um, it's up to us. I, and it's really strange to say that because part of me just really does kind of want to get out of here. But I, again, as I said before, I realize we I came here for a reason. I, everybody else did too. I don't know what that reason is. But we're ha we have a huge opportunity here to, based on a, 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 it sounds so simple, right? What would you choose? What kind of future would you choose? I'm, just based on this conversation, I think you would want a better future for everybody, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. I know. It sounds so obvious, right? But, and, but this is the thing. That it, has to be a, it has to be a majority of us to do this. And I think most people um, haven't even thought about it because... We're so busy being distracted by all kinds of technology or, you know, fake news or whatever that's constantly bombarding us. We don't even think that, and, and more importantly, we don't think we have the ability to, to ch change the future or shape the future or choose or decide, right? So, um, this is why I've been doing a lot of shows. I'm, I'm thinking about relaunching my radio show, hosting a show just to focus on this, to actually get people to think about it while we still have a window of opportunity because I think it's closing very rapidly. Um, we, have to we have to make a choice. And once we pass that point and the decision has been made or made for us because we didn't make a choice out of for whatever reason, that's it. We have to live with it. So uh, um, these are very critical times that we're living through right now. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, well, can you talk about, um, ETs and, uh, are they, are they interdimensional beings? Are they actual from different planets and are we, uh, in for disclosure anytime? Uh, you'd have to say yes to all of those things, but not the way you might think. Okay. So the first one, 
interdimensional, yes. Are they? But how how far? I mean, how many dimensions above the matrix are they? Well, it can't. It's not a generic thing. It's not like one size fits all. There's definitely some that are more enlightened or ascended than others. Just because and just because they have a higher level of technology doesn't mean they're more advanced spiritually. I mean, I know a lot of people are impressed with the technology, but so what? It does, that doesn't mean any, that doesn't tell you anything about them as individuals or souls. And, um, it's, it, now, disclosure is a very tricky one because I don't think that whatever the government or the powers that be here, uh, the, the cabal, the Illuminati, their idea of disclosure is going to be for their benefit which is serving some agenda that, like I said, to keep us under control, further manipulate and lie to us. So I think that whatever they're planning is on that level is going to be uh, not good for us. And it's probably going to be more based on more lies. And I'm sure Anki will be involved in that on some level. Uh, I mean, I've been warning people about this for years that this official disclosure is, is another trap. Um, and we really have to question these things. I mean, because, look, if extraterrestrials were, that are here wanted to disclose their presence to the public, they could have done it already. We've already seen them thousands and thousands of times. But the difference is when they actually land and get out and hold a press conference, uh, they will have crossed a line. Why they're not doing that, who knows? I, know, I realize that there's more than one group here and they have more than one agenda, but essentially none of them have done that. And waiting for the government to, to tell us the truth after they've been lying to us for all these decades, that, that's ridiculous. I don't know why anybody would think that that's going to happen. Right, yeah. Um, and these ETs, would you say they're part of the simulation, or are they outside? Of course. No, 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 they have to be. Okay, occasionally, okay, well, they would be extra-dimensional. Anybody that, any entity that came in here or that comes in here, I mean, even ourselves, we are extra-dimensional beings. Our spirits, according to what Pinello wrote in the Divine Sacred Garden, he said, and I agree with this, our souls are outside the matrix, but we are connected to it. We're connected, like, okay, here's the example. This is horrible, but it, it'll suffice. If you're sitting on a couch... You're not in the TV when you're playing the video game, right? Right. You're not in it. You're yeah. outside of it, but you're connected to it through the, 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 the controller. Right. Okay. So, essentially, that is a terrible analogy that for us, our souls are, are outside the matrix, connected through what they call the silver cord. Silver cord. It's some sort of technology that allows us to, our spirit, our soul, to connect remotely to the matrix into like this body right here, this avatar, the, the robber avatar. I, I, my spirit is connected to this through something we can't even see here, but it's somehow connected to it remotely. Right. Okay. And as far as some of the different, um, I mean, I don't know if you call them races, yeah. I've heard uh, some theories that the greys are just some type of clones that, that don't actually have souls or, or, or um, I guess, consciousness. They're just more of control. Have you heard anything like that? Yeah, I don't think they're just clones. I think that they're some sort of hybrid synthetic life form. In other words, like an android with a, an actual nanotechnology, like a grown they grew a skin over a skeletal thing, like a Terminator kind of deal. Oh, wow. Um, but but those, those are not the only so-called gray aliens. There's, <laughs> when they make these replicants, they're, they can do whatever. Uh, it's like they're going to copy, as I was saying about synthetic life, why would they stop at just human? They would make, make synthetic life of you know, any kind of living creature to some degree. It's not going to ever be exactly the same. It just it mimics the, the natural systems. Um, it, and I don't think those things are really an issue. Uh, I don't know who's doing the abductions, but it's obvious that the people that m nearly everybody who's been abducted is returned 
somewhat intact. Yeah, it freaks them out, but it's like it's not like really being abducted. You know, there are people that go missing and are never found. You understand that? Yeah. And I mean, are you familiar familiar with the David Polites and the missing four one one work that he's done? Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> well, please Google it. Missing four one one. The guy's name is David Polites. He's a retired police officer. He's done the best investigation I've ever seen about missing people specifically in national parks in the United States. Okay. It's, it will freak you out, and it should, because what I was told is that there are people that are abducted and never returned. We, yeah. And we're not going to hear from them. And in fact, when they are, the few that are returned, they cannot tell you what happened. They, they're essentially incoherent. And this is done by design. So we're being lied to by not only the government, which I, I said before, it's really run at the very highest level by extraterrestrial or extra-dimensional entities under the pretense that somehow we have sovereignty. We, I don't think we ever really did. So, but, and the other thing is, um, when we agree to come in here, when we choose to come here to learn, we have to agree to, to participate or play by their rules. It's their matrix. It's his matrix. So when we say it isn't fair and all this stuff, well, yeah, I understand that. You know, when you go to school, you can't tell the school, hey, you know what? Your test is not fair. Um, tough, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, so this is what we're faced with is there's, there's a lot of things going on that they don't want us to know about, and yet, if you dig into it, you can find these things. They can, you can't, in other words, you can't keep everything a secret all the time. You just can't, or they can't, especially, especially when we start, when we do the out-of-body travel, the astral travel, and move up to the higher levels, because it's just like climbing a mountain, right? You're down here, you can only see so much. You go up on top of a mountain, well, now you've got this incredible vista, and you're like, wow, that's a lot of stuff. I can just see it now. And so it's the same thing. We, you can do that anytime. Of course, they try to inhibit us. They can't totally prohibit it, but they try and hit, inhibit it. So typically when a person starts to go within and then start to leave their withdraw, like I said, we're connected remotely. So one of the things about meditation or whatever, whatever gets you there, whatever gets you to that out-of-body experience, typically we're confronted. They try and mess with us so that we won't stay out there too long and start to look around and actually see things and start to realize stuff. And, well, God forbid that we actually start to talk about it like I've been doing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating. Uh, well, I got, um, well, I guess one more question here for you. Um, how do you think, well, how does the Vatican tie into all of this? Can you talk oh. about that? Yeah, yeah. There's a really important book that people should read about this. It's called Rulers of Evil. And um, you can Google it. You'll get it for free. It's a PDF now. Um, I forget the author's name, but he does an incredible job at exposing the Vatican's military branch, which is called the Jesuits, or the Society of Jesus. And it, it's, it's, it's really despicable, the stuff that they've done in the name of religion or salvation it's like it's their mindset is is this we're all sinners so the ends justify the means in other words they've given themselves license to do all incredible um evil to us to this world in order to save us from evil it's it's completely nuts in my opinion this is insanity yeah Okay, but in their mind, they believe they're justified in their actions. So, the Vatican is not benign. The, I should say, the Jesuit order is clearly not benign. That is part of the public record, and it's documented. It, the best documentation I've ever seen is that book, Rulers of Evil. And um, uh, they have done a masterful job at creating chaos like war you know, all over the planet, multiple times they've done this, uh, incredible cruelty in order to control society 
because we need this. In other words, we are, um, in their minds, we are incapable, because we're all sinners, we're incapable of ruling ourselves. So we must be ruled by them because they're of a higher order. They're, they consider themselves to be dedicated to um, Jesus and or God, because they think Jesus was God. And um, <laughs> so that's what they're, that's, that, I think they call that a mandate. They would call that their mandate. Wow. Very yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really heinous. I just, I, I, I'm glad you brought it up, but it just, it, it absolutely freaks me out when I think about what the, the horrible things they've done in the name of Christ, because everything I've read about Christ is he would never do anything like that. You know, I don't know how they, I kind of do know how they came to that insanity. They took something beautiful and they twisted it into something completely ugly and insane. So, speaking of Christ, you, you, yes. you believe that there was actually a, uh, a person named Jesus Christ? Or well, the, no, his name was not Christ. That's a title. And that's anybody who's ascended is considered a part of the Christ consciousness. Right. Was there a guy named Jesus? That's, uh, I, I can't prove that. I kind of think that wasn't his name because the letter J wasn't even used back then. I, that may be a weird bastardization of, of a real name. Yeshua, Isa, uh, who knows? Um, the, again, this is, you know, every time somebody, a spirit comes down here and, and speaks truth and tries to assist, the, uh, the matrix does a job on them. Usually, it, after they're gone, they try, they try and take control of the narrative. In other words, twisting the message around, like I was saying with the Jesuits. Um, that's just the way it works here. Because if, it was too, if everything was too easy and open, it, it would be like uh, we would have all ascended to a higher, we would have mastered this stuff already and moved on. In other words, the, the, the challenges would be so minimal that everybody would have graduated by now. So they, it's designed to confuse us and control us. And, um, you know, I'm kind of avoiding answering your question because there isn't really any proof directly that I'm aware of that, that for example, because I, I get emails like this from people, like, how could you... S- quote from the Bible and then say it's incorrect. Well, because all those books of the ancient past were edited into one book called the book. That's all it, that's all it means is the book or book, you know. Uh, and it took the Romans over 100 years to edit it in a way that they felt that was going to be beneficial to them. Yeah. So, the, when, and the thing about the, the, the New Testament Gospels, is that um, the disciples could not have written them. There's no evidence that that is the case, and that's why they're called pseudographia. Like a pseudonym, if I wrote a book under a, un, under a fake name, that'd be called a pseudonym. Right. Well, th- this is what they're saying. Historically, the, g- the Gospels, according to the uh, apostles, are pseudonames or pseudographic. We don't know who wrote them. They just used the names of the apostles. Somebody wrote it, but it w- clearly wasn't the apostles. So were they accurate? Who knows? I mean, I think the Vatican knows, probably somewhere in their, in their vast uh, library they don't want to share with us. They probably have some clue of that. Oh, anyway, yeah. it, that's, there's, I wish I had a straight answer for that. Honestly, and I apologize when, you know, it seems like you can, there's always somebody that's offended when we even discuss this. If you, if you don't take a fundamentalist view of it, it, it somebody's going to get offended. Right. Oh, yeah. I but that. I, really feel, I really feel like that um, that's a sign of weakness on the individual because if, you, if you're so comfortable, if you really believe that, why, how could it possibly offend you? You know, I mean, it's like when people say to me, I don't believe in UFOs. Well, I'm not offended by that. I'm not asking you to believe in UFOs. I'm, I'm 
you know, I'm asking you to consider the information that's out there. But I mean, if you don't want to, or that's fine. That doesn't change anything for me. Right. So, yeah. Exactly. Thanks for asking. Oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you got anything uh, upcoming? Anything going on new with you? Yeah, as I said, I'm in talks with uh, KGRA Radio. I don't know if you ever tune into them, but um, yes. Yeah, TalkStream Live is huge. I listen to them here in Hong Kong, and it's like the signal is perfect. So I'm thinking uh, about relaunching the Unicus Radio Hour as a host and uh, on that particular network and um, helping people to find uh, their way to the higher level. You know, it's, it's, it isn't about religion, by the way. I've, I'm not a religious person. So, but I, I do think that these are just some fundamental truths that we could all begin to embrace or practice um, while we're here. And it will make a, it'll make a huge difference for the individual and beyond. You know, I mean, this is what I've always felt is that in order to change society, we have to change ourselves first. Right, exactly. So that's that's what I'm working on. Us, hopefully that's that'll happen. Um, and obviously, I'll let you know uh, if that does happen. I'll send everybody out a little notice that that's what's going on. Awesome! That sounds great. Well, Robert, thank you so much for joining us here tonight and taking time out of your schedule. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, anytime. We hope to have you again in the future. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Robert. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.